Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers Three uh, with a junior smuggler, and <laughs> we have this week. Um, you might know her from doing some voices on some Marvel animated series and some DC animated series. But we're going to talk to her most about uh, the character that we know and love her from. You want to say? Hera. And that's Vanessa. Yay! And that's Vanessa Marshall. <laughs> How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. I'm so glad that we could make this work. I'm really happy to talk to you. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember, but I asked you a question at the Star Wars Rebels press conference at Celebration Orlando. Okay. Um, Where were you sitting? Wait, did you... Okay, wait, refresh my memory. Did you ask about Kanan and Hera? Yes. Ah! Wow, what a memory. (laughs) Because I was going to say, I I could play the question. I have that sound bite. Oh, wow. Well, that might be interesting. I hope I had a good answer. See, I remember your question. I don't remember my answer. I, <laughs> I, I, I think it was about their relationship and whether or not I thought there was anything going on there, right? Yes. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You, you gave the t- a great Dave Filoni response. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you want to hear it again, I'll, I'll be more than happy to play it. Uh, it's up to you, man. I, I'm I'm cool either way. I, I know basically what my experience was uh, doing the show. Uh, I would get the scripts and I would sort of read, you know, Hera says this, Kanan says that. But then I would see it animated and they would have these little subtle things that they were doing that made it seem much more like a, a romantic interlude. And so I was completely confused by that because that's not necessarily written in, you know, what. so I... I would always say, ah, I see nothing here. But then I would watch the cartoon and say, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I sense a relationship here. So, but I don't, I didn't have that information till I watched it with you guys live, uh, when it, when it finally aired. So I kind of learned along with the fans. So I, I didn't really know much, uh, you know, from the inside out, believe it or not. But anyway, well, I, I will say after asking that question, I had a lot of people on the on the exhibit floor who saw me off and on who were in there going, dude, yeah. that was a great question. That was an awesome question. All right. Okay. First press conference I've I've done with any of the three shows that I run and great that was that was that felt good. Yeah, see, and I remembered <laughs> I remembered your question. See, look at that. So, I, like we mentioned, I have a junior. We have a junior smuggler. It's my daughter Zoe, uh, and she's got some questions for you. Okie doke. Awesome. Hi, Zoe. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, go ahead. Um, why did you want to play the role of Hera? Well, for many reasons. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I have been ever since the first movie came out a long time ago. 
and uh, she's such a strong female character. And the fact that she's a Twi'lek, mostly previous to this, we've only seen them as dancers. I mean, I know Ayla Sakura was a Jedi and uh, Darth Talon was, you know, sort of maybe a Sith <laughs> version of a Twi'lek. But uh, I was I was really excited to play her because she's a pilot and a great fighter and she has a great sense of humor. And, um, yeah, I was just honored to have anything to do with Star Wars at all. But, um, yeah, she she is just so cool. She inspires me in my own life. So, <laughs> Um, who is your favorite Star Wars character, other than Hera? Well, you know, I love Ahsoka. Um, Snips is just the coolest ever. And when I met Ashley, I completely broke down and cried. And, uh, because I'm a huge fangirl myself. (laughs) Um, I tried to play it cool, but I just couldn't keep it together. Um... (laughs) Um, but you know, it's hard to choose a character. Like I love Chewie because Chewie was my first action figure. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and of course I adore Princess Leia hugely. Um, but you know, another cool character that I really love is Asajj Ventress from the Clone Wars series. She was such a cool bounty hunter and her whole experience with Dooku and uh, I don't know I just like they're, it's hard for me to choose there's so many that I love but I have a special place for Ahsoka do you do you remember who Asajj is which character that is mm-hmm. okay and you got one more question now she came up with these questions on her own without any help or direction from me well these are good questions apple doesn't fall far from the tree <laughs> Why do you like Star Wars? Wow, that's a heavy question. (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm an only child, and so I grew up kind of by myself. And there's something about the story of Star Wars that I really connected to. And as I got older, I realized there's a writer by the name of Joseph Campbell, and he believed in the power of myth and the story of the hero's journey. And basically, that's what we see Luke Skywalker take. And that is what was resonating with me without me knowing what it was called. And so when I later in life read that book and found out that George Lucas was, in fact, um, a huge fan of Joseph Campbell, it kind of made sense to me. And uh, I learned so much from Luke's journey and the way he came together with his father and committed to doing the right thing, um, so much so that... He was able to redeem his dad. Um, there's so much richness in that, that um, much like Hera inspires me, Luke's journey inspired me too. Um, and uh, so in a way, it kind of gave my life meaning and structure and um, made me feel less alone as an only child. You kind of relate with that, right? Being an only child as well? No way! Really? Yes. Oh, so do you connect with Star Wars the same way? Kind of. Yeah. Well, you know, the other cool thing is that thanks to the Internet, there are all these really fun people online who also love Star Wars. So in addition to the story comforting me and inspiring me, I get to meet all kinds of really cool people like your dad and like you. And, you know, we've got, let's see, Derek and Ken. Right. And and you get to meet all these really cool people. And uh, 
for me, I just feel like I'm going to have friends for life. So that's also a great thing as an only child. I feel like I found my family. (laughs) (laughs) You have any follow-up questions? We'll see. Say thank you. Thank you. Aw, thank you. <laughs> Have a great night. <laughs> you too. Uh-huh. So how did the... I'm going to follow up on her first question of... Sure. Why did you want to play Hera? How did the, the whole process go with um, the audition or being given the heads up about the role? Well, it's interesting. I get a ton of copy here and there, and I'm always comparing everything to Darth Vader or Darth Maul or, you know, like I I relate to things through what I understand about Star Wars in general. So when I got this voiceover copy for a project called Wolf, um, that was the code name for this. You know, of course, I thought of Dave Filoni and his, you know, Wolf Pack and what have you. Uh, And it mentioned a light sword and the cause. And to me, I thought, okay, lightsaber and the Rebel Alliance. That sounds good to me. And even though I was told that this was a cartoon about wolves, uh, (laughs) I I decided to sort of apply my Star Wars ideology to the script and and fully commit to it. And that's what I did. And it worked. Uh, I got a call back. And um, when I walked in, I saw Dave Filoni and I saw a green Twi'lek picture on the wall. And that's when I realized, no way, Uh, this really is Star Wars. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that it worked out for me. <laughs> so were you um, always going to be Hera or? That's the only part other... I got. Yeah, I didn't audition for anything else. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, um, I saw I looked through some of your IMDb and you've done as many video games as you have um, animated stuff at the moment. How did you get, actually get into acting and stuff way back at the beginning? Yeah, well, um, I went to uh, graduate school for acting. I have a master's in acting. And uh, undergraduate, I went to Princeton and studied all these great stories and books and, you know, Joseph Campbell and this, that and the other thing. And then ended up getting into NYU drama school. And uh, we studied all kinds of dialects and character voices and this and that. And um, so uh, uh, once I graduated, I started doing stand up comedy and a voiceover agent saw me perform in one of the shows that I had created in which I played, I think, 13 different characters. And I interacted with previously recorded footage of myself as other people. And I did all these different voices. Basically, I did kind of like a, a Lily Tomlin-esque type of a show maybe sort of like SNL, if you will. And the agent said, you know, I think you should try animation. Why don't you come into the voiceover agency? I'll read you and see how you do. I went in there. I was horrible because I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, and then she said at the end of it, why don't you do some character voices and, you know, just run through some voices. And I ran through, I don't even know how many, and I made her hair curl. She was laughing so hard. Um, and she played the tape for the rest of the agents. And they all agreed, like, you know, she just might end up booking work. Like, there's something wacky about her. Let's let's see how this goes. So I was very lucky to get a voiceover agent. I had to take a million classes and I still do. And I highly recommend that people do uh, just to stay current and limber and uh, open for, you know, whatever comes uh, across our music stand that we're meant to read. But um, yeah, uh, I started booking work and I've been at it since 1997 um, and uh, very grateful. It's been a really wonderful ride. And in between, I've done a bunch of video games. Um, Do you play video games? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I, I mean, there, there have been a couple that I remember that were a lot of fun to do. The Mass Effect ones were great. Um, Those are some of my favorite games. Yeah, they're really cool. And uh, the SOCOM game was fun. Um, I was the uh, HQ. Uh, I never forget my cousin wanted to murder me because her husband moved the PlayStation into the bedroom, which is like probably not a good marital move. (laughs) 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 If you you tell my husband to get a uranium cake one more time, I'm going to punch you. You know, sorry, you know, soldier, you know, giving orders. Um, But uh, and then, of course, Jan Ors was really uh, an honor uh, to play in. uh, Was it Knights of the Republic and a bunch of the Star Wars video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerding out on those. Um, But um, yeah, and a lot of the uh, Blizzard games, uh, World of Warcraft, and and some of those other ones. Anyway, I'm not a game player. I actually play uh, Madden football and the NHL hockey game. That's like as far as I go. Maybe it's again (laughs) because I'm an only child and I don't want to do single player games. Like I'm always by myself. So (laughs) I like like the feeling of being on a team, you know. But um, but yeah, uh, it's interesting because the video games are always recorded, you know, just one actor at a time and everything comes together so beautifully. I'm always so impressed. Uh, Metal Gear Solid was amazing. I played Olga Gerlakovich in that, and uh, I was all by myself. But when we, when I saw some of the narratives put together, you just, you would never know. Um, Konami was amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, but I really did love, one of the special things about Star Wars Rebels is that we were all together every session. And um, I always said if I felt like we were playing hockey because, you know, the team would gather, you know, the group of actors and Filoni would come in invariably wearing some sort of penguin shirt, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, his favorite hockey team. Um, And uh, he would give us, he would give us the rundown. He would, you know, give us the locker room talk and then we would break and go, go for the, uh, you know, reading the script and then, you know, jokes in between and then very serious work. Um, and, uh, and at the end of the day, sometimes he would dazzle us with, you know, Star Wars folklore uh, I'll never forget when the season six Netflix um, of the Clone Wars came out. He regaled me for about a half hour after a session explaining that whole Yoda arc to me. And uh, uh, I, I literally, yeah, I went into my car and cried like a little girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just so moved by that. And and I just found it ridiculous that he would sit there and download all of that knowledge after work. Uh, you know, it was it was uh, it was really uh, a treat. But anyway, so I, I ended up getting into voiceover sort of by accident. And I'm really grateful that I did. And video games have been, um, you know, really fun to uh, show up for and, and learn sort of uh since I don't play them, I would sort of learn on the job as to what was going on. <laughs> but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Now, bringing up Clone Wars, I know like near the end of a few of the seasons, you, know, you hear the cast talk about everyone come in and then slowly, you know, if if there was an, an ending that he would try to limit how many people knew about it, people would do their lines and then leave the room. Did he ever do that with you guys during the time on Rebels? Yeah. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, he, that's crazy, really? Yeah, I huh. want to say he did that, uh, I thought I saw a clip about that, um, especially with the episode of Ahsoka leaving leaving the Jedi Order, oh. that it came down to just Matt and Matt and Ashley. 
Yeah, in in all fairness, that last epilogue monologue or whatever that Tia did, he had us leave the room for that. But it's not like she said something that we would then have to guess how she said it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was clear um, that she was doing something on her own. But there were certain secretive things that that he had people record by themselves for sure. Okay. Now, now, um, from launching other shows and just following the Clone Wars and Rebels and what um, Dave Filoni's been doing with, um, is that kind of a rare thing in voice acting uh, where everybody's in the booth together? Or is that actually becoming more and more common? Because I know at one point it was basically everybody did one at a time like you do with video games. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. In the cartoons where there are a lot of famous people who are like on camera actors, it's so difficult to get everyone in the same room at the same time. So, you know, in those instances, yeah, I think they um, they do record one at a time. But I think for most animated shows that I've done, uh, unless they're famous people that are, you can't get in the room at the same time, like, for example, I was on the regular show on Cartoon Network and the whole cast would be there every week, but Mark Hamill was filming a little movie called The Last Jedi. <laughs> so he wasn't <laughs> around. So, you know, he had to go in. Then he was there sort of at the end, but um, but it's really only in situations where famous people are, are working elsewhere that they're not able to. No problem. It's only those situations where we're, you know, recording one at a time like that. But for the most part, they really want everyone to interact and, um, you know, uh, work off of each other's energy and stuff like that. I think that would probably be a better way to to do a recording, I would imagine. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. How how did you uh, how did you find the voice for Hera? Well, honestly, it's very much like my own. Um, I just sort of activated the very best parts of myself that I felt she embodied. Um, if I could only have those parts, I'd be thrilled. But <laughs> um, I think she is a, a very much a part of me. Um, and that's not to say that she's perfect, uh, but I do really admire her. But I think I, I brought out those best elements of my own personality and, and really strengthened them and simply had those in my heart when I was reading the words. And I guess it came through. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. So I guess we could go first season, work our way up uh, to recent. With the casting, uh, was there any surprises when you when you guys first got to to the first recording session? Well, the uh, initially I was kind of shocked to meet Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, that was weird. <laughs> Um, I didn't expect that. But um, at the time, Steve Bloom was at a convention, I believe, in Manchester. So Steve Bloom wasn't even there. Tia was brand new to all of this. Like she hadn't really done much voiceover and she was a sweetheart. Um, everyone was completely cool. Um, but uh, they also they hadn't cast Ezra yet. And so Taylor wasn't there. And he he didn't show up until the second round of recording. So we had no idea who that would end up being. I think they were being really careful who they cast in that role. Um, and uh, I know Taylor hadn't done much voiceover at all, um, if any. In fact, I think this was, yeah, actually, this was his first voiceover job. And he wasn't even going to go to the audition. <laughs> oh, wow. Huh. I'm really, I'm glad he did. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what what surprises were there um, for you for the first season, uh, especially since you now here here's the 
the the first real big thing since the the Disney Lucas merger, and that y'all are creating new canon. Were there any surprises? You say, or, or what were what was something that was a, a surprise to you that was now being thrown into the new canon? Um, let me think. I I mean, the whole thing was mesmerizing for me. I was happy that he put Thrawn in there. Um, yes. Oh, that yeah. That was yeah. really cool. Um, I, I really liked that. I wished that he had put Asajj Ventress in there, but <laughs> apparently, <laughs> according to a novel that I can't bear to read, um, she couldn't <laughs> join us. Spoiler alert. Um, can't can't even process that. Um, not saying I'm, a, you know, I just can't. I'm not mature enough to embrace that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, and then another thing that I thought was really cool, Filoni told me at the fan screening that we had of the final episode that he named Hera's son Jason. Spoiler alert, I hope everyone's seen the finale. <laughs> um, who's listening? Uh, by now, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I would hope yeah. so, but just in case, yeah, you might want to turn this off for a minute if you haven't. But um, anyway, Hera's son, he named Jason um, in honor of Jason Solo, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. Because- you know, the Kylo Ren thing, he, he just felt like he wanted to pay homage to Jason Solo. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, but let's see. Can, well, uh, as far as things that are surprisingly canon, much like the Yoda arc was mind blowing uh, in season four, when Ezra sort of goes into the middle of time and space. Yeah. And sees oh, Palpatine. Yeah. I mean, for the way. Filoni imagined a time-space continuum like that, wherein, you know, uh, he could reach Ahsoka and sort of correct that moment of the battle between Ahsoka and Darth Vader. I mean, that really sort of throws wide open things about Force ghosts and and the past and the future. And um, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go back to think about. Sorry, huh? I want to go back then to a moment um, at celebration during the the Rebels panel where we got to see the first episode. Ah, um, of course, Dave's wearing the shirt. Ahsoka lives and the question mark. <laughs> I was far enough back. I, I couldn't see the shirt. When he came back out at the end, was he wearing an Ahsoka lives with an exclamation point shirt? I don't remember. Cause I, don't, I, I don't remember because honestly, that episode destroyed me so much that I didn't really, I couldn't, I don't know. I, I just, oftentimes I disassociate. I need a moment to like process stuff. It was really <laughs> hard for me to watch uh, the season finale and then do a panel. I need a minute. I didn't know she was going to have a baby. You know, (laughs) I I just like I nerd out my pulse quickens and I just like I need to talk to my friends for a sec. Like I can't even think straight. Um, But uh, yeah, I did not. I did not even notice that. Forgive me. But um, I know that that's what people said. Yeah. That the first one was a question mark and the second was a exclamation point. That sounds very much like Filoni. And then when Um, we got to the press conference room, it was back to the question mark. That guy. Oh, yeah. He kills, yeah. Me. <laughs> well, he kills me. <laughs> you brought uh, up Jason some. Um, now, you can't give an actual answer to this, but um, just yes or no, have you guys, have you discussed with um, Dave what the possible futures of all this is? Just yes or no? Because I know you can't elaborate on any of it. <laughs> the poss- Have I discussed? The possibility, no. possible futures of what's going on with Jason and Hera. No, he hasn't said anything. No, I mean, uh, I'll get emails that say, you know, hey, guys, how are you doing? Like, oh, 
to all of us. I'm really thinking about, uh, you know, the whole epilogue and this and that, but, you know, nothing would happen for a very long time, if at all. But I hope you guys are well, blah, blah, blah. You know, so who knows? I, I have no idea. And he basically said as much to the fans at the final screening, um, you know, that he would need to think about that stuff. But uh, I have a million questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a million questions. Like, how, okay, he's is he a Jedi? Does he have Laku? Like, what's going on, dude? Um, I, I mean, this is why I couldn't even talk after watching it. I was like, well, wait, 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 wait. Like, how could no one mention this to me? And will yeah. Jason O'Hara be in Star Wars Resistance? We want to know. Oh, I, I know. I, I know wish. you. You can't say anything yet. Uh, it, no, I wish. I. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I think it's a different time frame. I don't know if she. I don't know where she is at that point. Pre Force Awakens. I don't know, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. Still a chance. Well, not to my knowledge, mm. but. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, maybe but, we'll discover together. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You must have at least been glad to know that she does survive all the yeah. way through Return of the Jedi and everything. And yes. has a son. And- yeah, that was all good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I figured so, somewhere, somewhere along the line, whether it's in a novel or... Um, uh, you know, an actual TV show. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe we'll get to learn more about them. Now, do you have a favorite moment from uh, from Rebels? I do actually. Uh, I loved the B wing episode, um, Wings oh, of yeah. Master, where she got to fly that plane and explain how much she cherishes flight. Uh, my father is uh, he has a private pilot's license and he has an open cockpit biplane, and he feels about oh. flying very much the same way Hera does. And uh, so that that meant a lot to me, not only because my dad's a pilot and I really get how flight is so important for perspective and sort of the spiritual elements of it, uh, but also because it was a B-Wing. So (laughs) nerding out, I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was a great one. I think after that episode, I ended up having a greater appreciation for B-Wings than I originally did. Yeah, very, very cool. (laughs) <laughs> I've always I've always kind of liked the B-Wing just because they're so different. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a really cool episode. Definitely. Yeah. And I never even realized it that um, they had the uh, the second gunner position there at the mm-hmm. end of it of the ship. Yeah. 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 Man, we went through a lot. There are a lot <laughs> of episodes, man. <laughs> well, um, with the with the uh, all of the live action movies and things coming along, and I know you've done some live action live action performing also and acting. Um, is there any chance you would want to play Hera in a live action? Possibly put on the makeup and the leku. I would be honored to do that. Absolutely. I mean, I have a master's in acting. I went to drama school, and I was supposed to do on camera theatrical acting. And you know, I was about seventy pounds heavier than I am now, and was more of like the fat, funny girl, and didn't care. This is fine with me. Um, But I didn't really get much work as a fat, funny girl. I got a ton of work as an invisible voiceover person, which was awesome. (laughs) And uh, the minute it didn't matter what I looked like, I ended up losing 70 pounds. And uh, so, you know, go figure. I I also started boxing and, um, you know, being more athletic. So I'm sure that had something to do with it. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm trained as an on-camera actor, a theatrical actor, and I could easily do that. And uh, yeah, in fact, there was that rumor going around that there was a codename character Mara. Mara Jade is another one of my favorite characters. 
And I was like, oh, yeah. guys, 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 1-800-RED-HAIR. I'm right here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's do this. Uh, but and I would I, love I to see that. Oh, yes. so would I. Are you kidding me? But I have no clue who would you call or, I, yeah, I don't know, dude. But, um, but yeah, if there was an on-camera hair thing, I would I would be thrilled to give it a whirl and hopefully they'd let me, you know. Would that be, would that be weird, though, like seeing yourself as, no. as her? God, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> No, no, no way, dude. I, <laughs> no, uh-uh. I've already got like twelve pairs of Leku here. I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> do this. I really do. I've got latex. I got some. Someone made me a macrame <laughs> set oh, of wow. Leku. Yeah, with the pilot's helmet. I mean, I'm ready to rock. <laughs> so no. that's awesome. So what yeah. was it? What was it like to hear Hera's name mentioned in Rogue One? And then sublime. And, yeah. And, that, and then what was the your response to like? You know, I could have been there. I could have done the role. Oh, uh, well, I didn't even <laughs> think of that. I was just so blown away that her name was mentioned. And uh, I think I said that at the press conference that in my in my fantasy, she was already in the ghost revving up the engine. She didn't have to go to the war room and discuss it. She wanted to just go. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, but you know who knows what she was doing or where she was. <laughs> but, Did they uh, tell you about that ahead of time? No, nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Once yeah. again, no way. So it's yeah. just a nice and, surprise. Uh, yeah, David Collins, who's awesome. Um, he did the voiceover for that, and he told me as I was walking into the theater. Oh, by the way, uh, I paid your character, and I was like, Yeah. By the way, I've won the lottery. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just being an idiot. I mean, you know, in a, in a playful, fun way. And uh, then when I actually heard it, I went up to him and I apologized. I said, dude, I, th- I thought you were kidding. You know, <laughs> thanks so much for the shout out. That's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, who knew? <laughs> but so um, in the middle of the fourth season, uh, I guess they start pitching this idea for Forces of Destiny. Right. Mm hmm. Um, what was your reaction about being approached for that? And what was it like to, to do that series, which is is still ongoing? Yeah, I I was thrilled. I think it's awesome uh, that they're going to create more action figures, uh, of female characters. I think that's terrific. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was happy because I knew that this story has a beginning, middle and an end because it necessarily falls between episode three and four. And of course we have Rogue One and the Battle of Scarif. And so we only had so far to go. So it was really great news to hear that they wanted to create other content. And, uh, I was thrilled. Um, and I, I really do love all the female characters. I want to know more about them. So it was great. So, um, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, obviously it looks very different and the, they're much, much much shorter and um, more sort of lesson oriented, if you will. Oh, they're, um, they're perfect, though. Yeah, exactly. Nice I mean, bite-sized pieces of Star Wars. I like it. <laughs> my my daughter loves them. Uh, she That's has. Great. I know she has all of Wave One uh, ah. of the the action dolls. Um, That's- she has two that she has not received yet because we're waiting to give them to her to celebrate her, her ah. grades for the end of the school year. Um, and, and her dance recital, which is all at the same time. Um, have you, but we've only found two of those because we know Ahsoka's not out yet and Padme's not out yet. Are there plans for a Hera, a Hera That's doll? That's what they say. I, I, but I'd love to see it. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I hope so. I, I really hope so. Um, I haven't, I haven't heard one way or the other. Um, but the, I know that that was the original idea. So I hope they follow through on it. You know, what was it like seeing, um, your character, 
appear in merchandise between the action figures and of course the the six oh, inch figure crazy lego crazy. Yeah, no. Well, I was at uh, Comic-Con 2014 uh, when they were announcing the show and Hasbro had a whole uh, area there at San Diego Comic-Con. And there she was. I could not believe my eyeballs. <laughs> um, it was ridiculous. And then I was at um, I think it was Walmart or Target. And uh, I'll never forget seeing Lego Hera for the first time. Uh, I, yeah. I, of course, I bought the whole set and uh, was like <laughs> freaking out. Um, yeah, that's just that's just crazy talk. That's bananas. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I have I added it to my Star Wars collection. I have a whole room um, of all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but that nice. was that was yeah that was just really really special. What's been so far of everything released? Uh, your Hera Holy Grail of merchandise. Well, I really like the Black Series Hera. Yeah, um, yeah that, it's a really cool one. They're they're all great though. To be honest, it's hard to choose, but uh, that one is pretty on point. Yeah. Yeah, Black Series is it's it's an incredible series. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, before you take off, uh, is there anything that you can tell us about that's upcoming that you're doing? Uh, well, I'm really excited. The uh, Young Justice season three is going to be coming out on the DC streaming service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Glad to see it back. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. My other show is actually a DC show. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious what the DC streaming service is going to be like. Um, And uh, I've done a couple video games that I can't say because I signed NDAs and a couple other cartoons that haven't been announced yet. Um, But again, as you said, there's Forces of Destiny still going on. Uh, I just did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. Uh, and uh yeah there's there's all kinds of stuff i'm going to be at uh megacon in orlando um for memorial day weekend and uh i'm excited about that and and, um, and i'm gonna miss you i I live here in orlando um i I work for the mouse and and that and that weekend's my daughter's dance recital and we're committed committed to that no well good good yeah no you gotta you gotta do that i mean i'm sure i'll i'll be back to orlando sometime we'll we'll work something out but uh yeah yeah, and i think there's a convention in connecticut in july that i'm doing and um possibly going Mm. to uh melbourne australia for another one uh the weekend of june 9th oh so any this is the World Wide Web. So if there are any folks in Melbourne, come say hello. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, so uh, it looks like uh, conventions and random jobs. <laughs> but uh, and we'll all look forward to seeing Young Justice. So that'll yes. be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at, at Van Marshall and uh, over on Instagram at Vanessa Marshall 1138. So come come say hi. <laughs> will do. Well, thank you again for coming on, and we will be in touch off air. Okay, that sounds great. Thank so, you so much, you guys. Have, have a wonderful weekend. You too. You too. Okie doke. We'll talk soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Are you in the market for some new swag? Some comic thing merch? How about a sweet water keychain of your favorite villain or vigilante? Just hop over to the Weeby Geek site and click the Superhero Stuff link and let the retail therapy commence. Using the link helps support Weeby Geeks because they get a small commission from each sale at no extra cost to you. So get to shopping and thanks for listening. Well, I'm going to follow up with that. You can also go to the website wookieradio.net and hit that same link 
because it's the same affiliate link. And while there, check out Ripped Apparel, uh, TV Store Online, Loot Crate, Fan Chest, and our own store, uh, which you can get up in the menu uh, where it says store. They'll take you to our T Public store. But um, I want to say hey, Zoe, I would say Zoe that was on here a little bit ago. She's not a fan of um, our pork shirt, I guess. No, no, <laughs> she's not. Oh, believe me, she's not. I mean, well, you, you saw her before show when when we brought it yeah. up. The look she gave you. <laughs> if looks could kill, Ken would be stunned. Um, actually, I, I think I, I could describe her look with this. Where is it? See, you come up with this stuff, and I miss it. <laughs> There's one. Set for stun. That, that was about her look. <laughs> um, I want to thank Vanessa again for coming on. Uh, I can't wait to have her on again. Uh, I I think she thoroughly enjoyed it. I know we thoroughly enjoyed having her. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely want more time to really get into more. Um, but I will say, like I said, Zoe's questions, I didn't prompt her. I I just asked her when I got home from work, do you have questions for? I got one. How many do you want to ask? Three. Well, go write them down. <laughs> and and she went and wrote them down on her own. So uh, I, I, I can could, I could see it now. Monday, she's going to go to school. I got to ask questions to Hera from Star Wars Rebels. I, I see it coming. <laughs> I see it coming. Um, and I guess right before she went to bed. Uh, my Melissa, my wife, was saying she was in that intoxication high. You know, she she's tired, but she wanted to stay up to ask these questions, and <laughs> and she's just so excited. So that's awesome. Well, you, you guys, yeah. you guys saw the look on her face as as Vanessa was answering the questions. It's like, yep, there there's a lot of similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also <laughs> so. something that um, she may not have had a lot of um, Vanessa. I mean, how many other shows actually have their um, someone? Kid on there asking questions. <laughs> oh yeah, this is true. This is true. That was, so. Actually, that was a pretty good idea too to have her on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we've done it. Well, we've we've had Mac on Mighty Marvel Geeks, you know, Eric's son, uh, for a couple episodes. Uh, but I don't think we've ever had him on for an interview. Maybe maybe we did for one. I don't remember. It's been a while. But um, I will say this though. Other exciting news. Uh, I got this. I got it first in email um, from Mark over at Fantatracks, who you can also find our show on uh, as well. Which thank you to the to the fine folks at Fantatracks for allowing us to to appear on their site as well. Um, this this was interesting. Uh, it's a it's an exclusive that that they revealed, and that was that. Um, Studio-based pre-production has officially begun on standby. Hope you're sitting down. This lends a little more truth to things. Something that should have been announced last year on an Obi-Wan Star Wars movie. And that filming will take place in 2019 for a 2020 release. What a surprise. Which Exactly. Which is makes it the third um, standalone. Right. Which we knew there was going to be a third standalone in 2020. Because, you know, the way they talked when everything, when the plans were laid out, it was going to go episode seven, standalone. Episode eight, standalone. Episode nine, 
standalone. And then we discovered, okay, the first one's going to be Rogue One, which was perfect. Then they came out solo, and everyone's like, well... And then it's like, oh, as stuff's coming out, okay, fine, perfect, I'm okay with this. Um, then there was talk, Boba Fett, do we really need a Boba Fett movie? If we do a Boba Fett movie, when? What about Yoda film? Personally, I don't want a Yoda film. Yoda's one of those yeah. cherished characters. It's like, yeah. I don't think we need. Throw him. I like the mystery in the background. Yeah. If you do an Old Republic movie and it fits within his lifespan, throw him in there. Then we go, oh, here he is looking a lot younger. Maybe he was a lot taller since there was that speculation that he was. His ears are maybe not so pointed and maybe not so green. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, there was a chance that he was potentially a human, and because of the force he and the age, he just gradually, who knows? But uh, with this, the long-rumored movie is has never officially been announced, uh, but a director uh, who has been long-rumored to be Stephen Daldry and a writing team are understood to have been working on the movie since late last year. However, a Fantatrax has a well-placed source that has seen the sight of documents that confirm the following. The project is sufficiently along that an art department is now in full pre-production mode at Pinewood Studios, England, with an ancillary work being carried out at Industrial Light and Magic in London. A number of concept artists, prop modelers, and storyboard artists are working as a team across the two locations on the film with the group growing in numbers every month. Contracts have also been extended to a number of the crew who have worked on various Star Wars films produced at Pinewood under the Disney era to join the production when their work on Episode Nine ends. This will see the Obi-Wan crew grow gradually over the remainder of the year, but primarily from October onwards. Pre-production will continue at Pinewood whilst Episode Nine shoots from this from the summer through the end of the year, at which point production of Obi of the Obi-Wan movie has been scheduled to move onto the stages in mid-January 2019, with the main shoot to begin April 2019. The project's being developed under the corporate name of PLT Productions, parentheses UK LTD. Now, documents do not reveal any details on casting, but stay tuned to Fanthatrax and, of course, ourselves, Wookie Radio, uh, for more information as um, as we all as we all get it, uh, and hopefully, official word from production from Lucasfilm. So, the odd thing about this is this comes five years to the day that Lucasfilm announced that Episode Seven would take place at the same location at Pinewood Studios. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Well, the interesting so, thing, this is still officially rumor, but Fanthatrax is one of those that is like, they're not going to put it unless it's pretty much locked in. Well, if if they have sources, which, yeah. which I don't doubt, knowing that team, if they have sources who have visual confirmation of these documents, then, yeah, at this point in time, with them breaking this, it's either the whole project's going to get scrapped and they're going to do something else just to spite Fanthatrax or spite the fans, or we're going to get an announcement sometime soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I lean towards uh, getting an announcement, probably. I would like to myself. see it. I would like to see an announcement before the end of summer. 
I think it'll be sometime after. Um, obviously, it'll be sometime after Solo releases. But it's like that. I mean, it's a no-brainer. This is going to work. Right. Uh, we know um, more than likely they'll bring in Ewan McGregor to do it because he's already said he wants to do another one. I yeah. hope they do. Yeah. We, we hope it's Ewan because I mean, at this point in time, he would be the new. I mean, he would be about the right age. Not new. Uh, he would be about the right age for it. Yeah. So well, I'm excited about this. It depends. On, actually, they could put this anytime. This could be back during the Clone Wars again. Yeah, because we've seen already the standalones. Doesn't matter where the main saga is. The standalones are on their own. Right. Han Solo only takes place a couple of years before Rogue One. It's about five years before New Hope, according to rumors. Yeah. But then the question is, what? Right, you're what would you like to see? Yeah. You're, you're saying five years before A New Hope or Star About, Wars? That's what they said, something like that. Well, five to seven years before Star Wars for um, for Han Solo. Oh, for Solo. Well, yeah, they, for Solo. If they this do, year, I would... Go ahead. See, I if if we did this, I would like to see it around the time, you know, what they've already touched on, you know, between Jason Aaron, you know, with Jason Aaron in the Star Wars comics. Um you know that time on Tatooine because there right. there's that seventeen to twenty year span there, and nothing says he doesn't go off world any during that time period either. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I almost think well for a movie he'd have to because for a Star Wars movie if they landlock it on Tatooine that's gonna that's gonna be a big step. Yeah. So I I would I would love to see him go. Um, uh, Whatchamacallit. I would love to see him go maybe from Tatooine, maybe to Alderaan briefly. Well, yeah, well, we've already seen Jimmy Smith has no problem coming back in to do Bail Organa. Yeah, but but maybe there maybe there's something there that he has to do this. Um, uh, maybe to get a report on how, how Leia's doing. Yeah. The only thing is that from uh, um, from the original Star Wars A New Hope, all appearances and everything that's done in that movie is that um, Obi-Wan has not been on the scene at all since he left right. at the end yeah, of Clone Wars. He became a hermit. Right. Yeah. So it's like that That would say that he's actually, he stayed, probably stayed on planet there. That's why I'm thinking this may go, take place, this may be an adventure during the Clone Wars that it was just him. Or with Hayden Christensen coming back, what's the chances that we get an Obi Wan Anakin adventure? I don't know if I want that. See, if they go younger, then we don't have McGregor. They can do a lot of stuff with uh, makeup and stuff in Hollywood. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. Mm. I, I would still love to see something involving tattooing. Yeah, maybe, maybe we do have a a preteen Luke that he just kind of runs <laughs> interference to stay on. You know. And where they meet for the first time type deal. Um, I don't know. Actually, what you could do, maybe. I did, they're probably not going to do this. But you have Ewan come in. And um, I've I've not seen anything about the... I mean, we know that Star Wars premier, or, um, Solo premiered last night. Right. But I've not seen anything from that. But uh, some of the well, rumors th- that I've heard Thursday, before that... Thursday night as we're recording. Yeah. Um, some of the rumors was possibility of um, the fact that Han and Lando are telling the story. So you end up with uh, Harrison Ford and Billy D at the very beginning and the very end of the movie and no one knows about it, which hmm. is probably not happening. But what's the chance of bringing in like a, um, Ewan McGregor and he does something similar to that... 
kind of like the way they did the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles with the very first one of those. Right, Talk, yeah. Talking to like a, a, a young preteen Luke. Either that or just he's in the cantina um, waxing about his adventures. And everybody just considers him a crazy old wizard telling all these stories. Yeah. And then you get Clone Wars stories and stuff, but it's actually being told from Obi-Wan's point of view. And then you say either do a CG or heavy makeup. Um, McGregor to mm-hmm. play the younger Obi-Wan. Yeah. That's possible. Because we know mm-hmm. Obi-Wan had adventures without Anakin and everybody else because we've seen the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. We could get, like, Commander Cody and some of the other ones in there, the Clone Wars characters, that um, to get them into live action. I mean, it seems like the Lucas or Lucasfilm and Disney are staying away from the prequels, really, but this it may be about the right time because you got to think the kids who grew up on the prequels right. are now, the, now adults watching Star Wars. Right. The Phantom Menace came right, out, yeah. like, what, 19 years ago? Jeez. Has it been that long? Next next year's it the twenty year anniversary. Yeah, it was ninety nine. Next year's the twenty year anniversary. Wow. So it, it may be time to revisit that time frame. That might mean next week I'm gonna have to break out my Star Wars episode one hat for the show <laughs> that I got while working for Disney. It was something we sold in the parks. Oh yeah. So well, that's not the only big news that came out this week. Uh, as Ken mentioned, we had the premiere on Thursday, uh, and uh, John Favreau was there. Indeed, he was. Uh, and he had some very interesting things to say um, in an interview with uh, Dan Casey of The Nerdist. Um, I'll start with a tweet by Dan Casey. Uh, here is his original tweet. Exclusive at John Favreau confirms that his live action hashtag Star Wars series takes place seven years after the Battle of Endor between hashtag Return of the Jedi and hashtag The Force Awakens. We'll feature all new characters using cutting edge tech a la The Jungle Book story coming to at Nerdist. And uh, he tweeted that on May 10th at 9.56 p.m. Now, first, there's a correction. And he he tweeted out that it was seven years after Endor, but it's actually going to be seven years after the Battle of Yavin, which would actually put the show three years after the Battle of Endor. Um, so that is very, very interesting, I must say. I like that idea. I like I like visiting that time frame uh, shortly after Return of the Jedi and seeing what's going on after that, especially after reading like the Aftermath books and such, which I'm still in the middle of book two of that. But um, it, it then, ends very well. The I third book imagine. does. I can imagine. So you said you're, half, you're halfway through the second book. Has it started to get better yet? Yes. Yes, it has. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the first book wasn't bad. It was just... It was a little bit of a sludge or a slog to get through. A little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it'll definitely be interesting to see how we go from, you know, the beginnings of how we go from Return of the Jedi to uh, Force Awakens and, and the First Order and right. everything. Uh, and Favreau, who is a fan, that's always a good thing of Star Wars. He has, you know, he's done a couple of good things, I guess. You know, uh, a couple, couple uh, things come to mind, like uh, Iron Man that revolu- that uh, revolutionized the superhero genre of uh, films. PCU. PCU. <laughs> he was yes. In, he was in PCU. Yeah, that yes. was a good movie too. That was a great movie. But his be- his best movie for me was Swingers. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one though. Um, but yeah, so um, 
course, you can check out The Nerdist for the full interview with John Favreau. And uh, I, this news makes me feel pretty good about this. I can't wait to see this show. Yeah. 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 This is going to be interesting to see three years after Endor and where's everything at. And it, does this yeah. have anything actually to do with the Rebellion and the Empire? This could be totally off on a totally separate section of the galaxy and no one has any idea what it is. It could be. Could be. And then, and then um, you might see occasional rebels or uh, Empire people. Depending on what they go, which hey, direction yeah. they go. Maybe maybe this is something that Vanessa can make an appear- a live action appearance as Hera in. Ooh. Ooh. Now there's yeah. an idea. Since we do know Hera's around after Endor. Yes, we do. Even though we know she might, you know, there's still a question, is she around at the time of, um, whatchamacallit, uh, at the time of Resistance? Right, yeah. So. I like it. So we got yeah, this is gonna be, yeah, think of all the different things. Uh, remember, at the, at the three-year mark in the original canon, or the original Legends books, this was about the time of the courtship of Princess Leia. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So all the stuff on Dathomir and um, Princess Hildur, or whatever his name was, and all that stuff was happening right about this time in the original Legends canon. Yeah, right. So it'll be interesting to see where they go here. When when was the Battle of um, Jakku? Do you, do you guys remember? What the time frame was? Uh, I do not. Hang on, let me Wait. search here. Now, are you talking about the Battle of Jakku or Battle of Jakku? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you guys not noticed that in, in Force Awakens? Um, there, there is no. There's like two or three different variations of saying Jakku. Eh, tomato, tomato. And, and that's the fun part because uh, they always on planet they call it Ooh. Jakku. Um, when when the officer first order officer goes and talks to um Ren about Ray, he calls it uh he pronounces it totally different. Yeah. That's say, that's normal in Star Wars anyway. Yeah. Look at um the you got um everybody calling um solo Han Solo and then you get Lando coming in calling him Han the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Leia even calls him Han once or twice. Uh, the Battle of Jakku, according to yeah. Wikipedia, yep, I just pulled that up too. <laughs> is five ABY uh, battle? Yeah, after, five after Yavin. Five years after Yavin. So this is actually only about a year after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So the and the, and that really, if um, if you read it in the books and stuff, that's the end of the um, Empire is the yeah. Battle of Yavin or yeah. Battle of Jakku. So it only took him a year to clean up the Empire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the events, other events that took place during 5 ABY, uh, with the help of Lieutenant Shara Bay and R2-D2, uh, Luke Skywalker travels to Vatine to retrieve the remnants of the two great trees that were stolen from the Jedi Temple on Corsica. Three months after the Battle of Endor, uh, Shara Bay and Kes Dameron retire from the Alliance to restore the Republic. So... That's talked about in uh, Shattered Empire, the yeah. four the four issue arc there. So that puts so that puts uh, so based on what they're saying, that would put um, Battle of Endor f- five years after after Yavin. Yeah, well, Is that what they do it while you're going here. I'll do the search on that. Uh, Sounds reasonable. Kashyyyk is liberated. And, of course, this is one of those other names that gets several pronunciations. Kashyyyk, Kaishik, mm-hmm. the Wookiee planet is liberated by the New Republic. Uh, the Ryloth Ry- insurgency comes to an end. Gallus Rex, or Rax, becomes, became emperor in effect, but rejects the title. And in keeping with his intention to rule the Galactic Empire, um, 
proclaimed himself counselor to the empire. Um, yeah, according to Wikipedia, Endor was four years after. Okay, Gavin. so so th- three years. If they're saying three months after the Battle of Endor, so we're looking what four years, nine months. Yeah. So. I know, semantics. I apologize. <laughs> um, the New Republic and the Galactic Empire engage in one final battle on and over the desert planet of Jakku. Uh, the Galactic Empire signs the Galactic Concordance, and then the Galactic Civil War comes to an end. And then there's a Cold War that begins between the New Republic and a Imperial Remnant, which I think will eventually become the First Order. Yeah. Mm. So... And you actually see that in, um, I believe it's um, Blood Ties or Bloodlines is where a lot of that comes together. Okay. So that's that's that. Um, then I, I guess the, well, speaking of books, you, you just read Longshot, right? Yes. Actually, it's Last Shot. Last Shot. Solo, which, yeah, Star Wars Last still Shot. Gotta, which I still got to get. Well, I don't know. I, I'm glad I um, borrowed it from the library because the story is a great Star Wars story. It takes place over three different time frames. Um, the then time frame is actually um, back when uh, it goes all the way back to when Lando owned the Falcon with L three actually as his um, co pilot. Then it comes a little bit farther, a little bit forward when Han Solo is actually um, flying the Falcon with Chewbacca and um, oh, what was his wife's name? Um, Stara or Sarna? 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 Yeah, Sarna. Or, or it's a Sarna, or is it Santa? <laughs> well. It's an adventure it's with the three of them. <laughs> and then it has now, which it says it's been 10 years since Han Solo encountered Fizengor, which is the villain of this. Um, but they had said that the now time frame is about two years after. Um, I believe they said it was about two years after Jakku. And Ben is about two years old. Okay. So, um, but I mean, it's a good story. It talks about, it's basically all about um, finding this device that can actually reprogram droids to attack, to attack people. Totally overrides the programming and basically um, with the, with one command, turns them all into assassins and it, they kill all organics. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but um, and then every, all three time frames actually have to deal with this device. Is there a mention of Afra in this? No. <sighs> there should be. No, she she had nothing to do with this one. But um, the, now, like I said, the story was a cool story. Um, now I I listened to the audio version, and for me, it was a little off putting because you had three different actors doing um, alternating between the timelines, um, reading the book, and one of the actors actually was Daniel Jose Older, who's the um, who's the author. Okay. So um, and it was it was a little weird just having three different voices telling you the story, but um, that wasn't actually the part. The part I had a little bit of a problem with was this this book um, skews a little bit more adult than what you expect for Star Wars. Okay. Uh, there's a little more language than you normally get in a Star Wars book. Um, there's one scene that comes to mind always that reminds me that um, uh, Lando has a love interest in this who possibly would become his wife eventually as we go, who is a Twi'lek, which is kind of interesting because we were just talking to Vanessa and. Um, um, Hera and Kanan, a human and a Twi'lek. Well, yeah. um, Lando's hook in. Um, there is a scene in the book where um, the two of them are sharing a bunk, and um, they're they're kind of laying there cuddling a little bit, and um, they're interrupted by uh, the pilot of the ship they're do- they're using. And um, the line that the guy has is um, he walks in and goes, "Whoa, Twi'lek butt!" And then Lando jumps up to um, in reaction. He's like, "Oh, now human butt!" Like that. That really, for me personally, that doesn't have any place in Star Wars. You don't need to know what they're actually doing, right? In a Star Wars book or in a Star Wars movie. This is um, it goes back to, for 
for me, goes back to um, Irving Kirshner, I think, described it best, where in Star Wars, um, a kiss is as good as intercourse because everything gets up to that point to that kiss. Right. You know, and that's as far as it goes in Star Wars. And that was when he was doing Empire. So it's like, it, I I don't know. For me, like I said, it skewed a little bit. This one would have got the hard PG-13 and not just for the violence. Like all the movies now get the PG-13 for the violence and that type of thing. This had some adult content that was a little more than what I'm used to for Star Wars. Other okay. than that, the story was fun. It was a fun story. So it's just some of that took me out of the um, book. It kind of took me out of the Star Wars universe, you know? Right. So. I don't know about your guys' opinion. Once you read the book, you'll have to check it out and let me know. Well, I guess we could use how how many holocrons would you give it? <laughs> out of how? Out of what? Uh, I guess top? standard five. I'd probably give it a good, strong three and a half, okay. just because that other parts took me out of it. The, like I said, the story was strong. The characters Han and Lando were and Chewbacca were Han, Lando, and Chewbacca. He had, Daniel Jose Older got their voices right. Lando was phenomenal in this, but um, mm. but like I said, the parts where it skewed a little bit of adult that didn't do it for me. Um, there's another part where Lando that describes the clothing he puts on and they describe how tight his pants are and getting bulges in the right areas. Like I said, for me, uh, that's a little bit more than you need in the star Wars story. But other, that's like I said, that's the only thing that took me out of this. Other than this, it felt like a classic um, star Wars book. I, I can see that. So like I said, a strong three and a half, probably holocrons. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. We have seen a whole lot worse books come out. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. This, this is true. Um, well, how about this? Just quickly, uh, it's probably going to be our last story of the night. Um, I got this. I found this story on Screen Crush, and uh, title says it all: five Star Wars movies that were never made. Um, you know, May the Fourth has come and gone, and it's one of those days where we remember the great history of Star Wars films throughout the ages. And as the, per- the author of the story says, the the great Star Wars films through all the ages, and also Attack of the Clones. <laughs> what I liked Attack of the Clones. I thought it was a solid film. Um, uh, for me, it's the bottom of the list. But then again, any Star Wars movies at the top of the list of most movies. <laughs> True. Uh, Phantom Menace is probably at the bottom of my list. I think I've, I've said in the past, it's at the bottom of my list. Um, and it wasn't because of the character. It, it's just, I wasn't a big fan of the script. So I wasn't a fan of, I didn't feel the need to see uh, Anakin as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. Uh, I, I think if they aged him a little bit more, it would have made the jump from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones a lot a lot more believable. Yeah. So, um, but over the last 40 years, Lucas and artists who have followed him into the galaxy far, far away have flirted with numerous projects. Uh, some almost came to fruition and then fell apart for one reason or another. So here are some movies that were never made. Uh, number one, Splinter of a Mind's Eye. Oh, uh, see, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that, I wouldn't mind seeing this as a one season run on like the the Disney streaming service when that comes out. Didn't they take parts of this and move, put them into the new Star Wars series on comic books? I, th- I'm not sure. Well, yeah, we know parts sure of this. Either. Just reading the description here, you can see parts of this are already being brought in. Yeah. Um, Mimban is actually in Solo. Yeah, and Kyber crystals are everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Um. Of course, the uh, yeah, this Alan Dean Foster was recruited to write this novelization of the of the original Star Wars. He was also contracted 
to write a second book uh, with a relatively small-scale plot with the intention that if Star Wars wasn't a massive success, his book could easily be adopted into a sequel. Uh, it becomes, uh, fortunately, Star Wars went on to become one of the biggest movies ever, then spawning Empire, but Foster's book was published anyway as the first official Star Wars novel. So, um, and it follows Luke and Leia to a planet called Mimbon as they search for the Kyber crystal, which supposedly augments a Jedi's force powers. So I wonder if we'll see Kyber crystals in the solo film. Maybe that's what's on the train. Could be. Uh, number two, possible. number two, the original prequels. Um, we did eventually get the prequels, uh, from 99 to 2005, but the idea for the prequels existed more than a decade earlier. And its initial ideas for the film were per, for the three films were totally different. Uh, the Clone Wars and the formation of the Jedi Knights in the in the first place uh, would have been the main focus, uh, and that was supposed to be one of the keys of Episode One uh, was how the Jedi Knights came to be. Uh, instead, the Jedi Knights were well established when Phantom Menace begins, and those films focused on the childhood and teen years of Anakin before he became Darth Vader. Hmm. Uh, George Lucas's. Well, that's that's interesting if they had gone with that because that would put the that would put the um, episode one a millennium or so before Star Wars because it doesn't Obi Wan. What's it, how exactly does it say it for millennia? The, the Jedi Knights were guardians of peace and in, in yeah, the old Republic. Yeah, so like this that. would have put it thousands of years before where we were at where we yeah. originally or where we ended up with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, yeah. George Lucas's episodes seven through nine. Uh, we do know Lu- Lucas has come out and said that. You know, his films were, were totally, or his seven and eight were totally different than what came out. Um, he, he's even said on, you know, while promoting um, back in the day, he said there would be, there could be six more episodes after Return of the Jedi. In promoting The Last Jedi, Mark Hamill revealed that he had spoken with Lucas about and has seen his written outlines for his plans uh, for seven through nine. And Hamill told IGN, I happen to know George did not kill Luke until the end of episode nine after he trained Leia. Okay. Uh, number four, a Wookiee movie. Well, in the, um, I say in the current ones, Luke did train Leia partially and the, that's in the last Jedi novelization. Yeah. That's how she was able to pull herself back to the ship. Yep. Um, the Wookiee movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, Is that a sequel to the um, Battle of Endor? Maybe. Um, during the late 80s I would like and to early see the 90s. Movie. We could listen to it here on Wookiee Radio. I believe we could. Uh, through the late 80s and early 90s, he teased other possible films, which are essentially the equivalent to the spinoff or standalone films that we're getting now. Uh, and the one concept that was... Before that, um, you know, before the concept was officially put in production. In a 1980 interview, Lucas suggested that he might make a Star Wars, make Star Wars movies just about droids with no humans in it. He also claimed that he was intrigued by the idea of a Star Wars movie just about Wookiees, nothing else. As the holiday special proved, this was a tremendous idea with a huge amount of potential. Well, that's what we got with Return of the Jedi, really. Yeah. Because Ewoks originally started off as Wookiees, if I remember right, in the original draft. I think so. Yeah. So. Well. Excuse you. Maybe in the future, Chewie. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, you're, you got a major role in Solo, so I know I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, and then number five is Josh Trank's standalone film. Um, I, I think we could just stop uh, with that because <laughs> uh, we, uh, <laughs> we know what happened there. 
See, they didn't even mention on here. Uh, what's his name? Um, who was the other? Oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Is um, what's his name? Was wanting to do a Hans or a Boba Fett movie? That was Josh. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, who was the other? We had. Oh, now I'm totally drawing a blank on everything. Concept artist. Um, Ralph McQuarrie. No, there was a, the other concept art. Ralph McQuarrie was one. Then um, I'm gonna have oh. to search. Hang on. Um, crud. I know. I don't think that was it. <laughs> I know Paul Bateman has done quite a bit. Nope. Um, but with the description on this one is when. Lucas first acquired Lucasfilm uh, and the license to print money known as the Star Wars universe. Uh, they put into production an ambitious slate of films that included official prequels and an original series plus anthology films. Uh, Gareth Edwards did Rogue One. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who later became Ron Howard, did set a solo film. And then Chronicle director Josh Trank was given his standalone Although it was never officially confirmed, the rumor was he was doing a film mainly on Boba Fett. After a year of development, Trank announced he was leaving the film to pursue some original creative opportunities. This movie, whatever it is, is still technically on the release for 2020, which we have talked about is now Obi-Wan, according to Fanthatrax. Uh, but we still don't know what what it is or who we're ma- or who is making it. Again, go to earlier in the show, we talk about it. Um, anyway, so... But no, Trank leaving because to pursue some creative opportunities? Yeah. (laughs) I think that comes from, uh, oh, his antics on, on the fantastic flop. So, um, so yeah. Did you find it yet, Ken? I'm getting there <laughs> because we're we're almost done. Uh, it's almost time for a wrap. Yeah, IMDb is moving real slow on me. Yeah, well, at this point in time, there we go. Any final thoughts? Nope, I got, I got nothing. nothing because this is not helping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna drive me nuts until I find it, though. I sense Twitter. That's where this is going to come out at. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Again, want to thank Vanessa Marshall. You can find her at VanessaMarshall.com on Twitter at Van Mar. Is it Van Marsh? Yep. Van Van Marsh, and then on Instagram at Vanessa Marshall eleven thirty eight. So um, we hope to have her back again in the future. Uh, I also want to thank Zoe for popping on for her few questions, which really helped get the ball rolling tonight. And. Uh, Until next time. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. (laughs) 